Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. After he had been released from his first imprisonment in Rome, we know that the Apostle Paul had opportunity to travel throughout the Mediterranean world once again. And uh, we found him at least in the regions of Macedonia, Asia, and the island of Crete. However, it seems he was taken into custody again somewhere in Western Asia and then sent back to prison in Rome to await his execution. So the final letter that we have of Paul is the letter of 2 Timothy. This letter was probably written in the fall or winter of Paul's final year. He would be put to death very quickly after writing it in the spring. So it gives us his most urgent requests for Timothy to stand firm in the faith as a good soldier and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's examine this letter and its four chapters together. We'll begin in chapter 1, and as in all his letters, Paul begins in the first several verses by identifying himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. He writes to Timothy, whom he calls his beloved child, and if you remember back to the first missionary journey, you may remember that Paul had uh, been stoned nearly to death in the city of Lystra. When he came through on his second missionary journey, Timothy joined the group as a very, very young man, perhaps even a boy at that time. And it may have been a direct result of Paul's testimony to Christ and his endurance through suffering in his stoning at the city of Lystra. So in a very real sense, Timothy uh, is Paul's beloved child in the faith. Paul first thanks God for Timothy and tells him that this is his regular practice for him in prayer. He remembers Timothy's tears at their last point of separation, probably the last time that they had to uh, say farewell to one another, and the young man's sincere faith that was passed down from his grandmother to his mother to him in verse 5. Paul writes to Timothy to encourage him to fan into flame the gift of God that he possessed. For, Paul says, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control in verse 7. And verses 8 through 14, Paul tells Timothy not to be ashamed of the testimony about Jesus, nor about Paul himself as a prisoner for Christ, but that he should share in suffering on behalf of the gospel in verse 8. God saved us because of his own purpose and grace given to us in Christ before the ages began, in verse 9, and now manifested through the appearing of our Savior, 
who, Paul says, has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, in verse 10. Paul was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher for the gospel, which led him to suffer as he, as he did, being in chains multiple times. Timothy was to follow Paul's pattern of sound teaching and by the Holy Spirit to guard the deposit that had been entrusted to him. In other words, the teaching that Paul had given him about the Lord Jesus and about how all of this had been promised in the Old Testament. In verses 15 through 18, Paul tells Timothy about what had happened in Asia, uh, that Philegius and Hermogenes and others had turned away from him in verse 15 and that Onesiphorus and the household of Onesiphorus had helped Paul while he was imprisoned there and had come to Rome even to assist Paul actually searching for him, uh, perhaps through the Roman dungeons. So what's going on here? Paul is most likely uh, in Ephesus in Asia Minor, and something happens there where he's taken into custody once again. A man by the name of Onesiphorus and his household are really the only ones that come to Paul's aid at that time. Paul is shipped back to Rome, and it seems Onesiphorus actually himself made the trip to Rome and sought through uh, all the prisons until he found Paul in order to continue to help him uh, there. So Onesiphorus, he said, had a good reputation of service rendered at the city of Ephesus. So it seems like uh, Onesiphorus was, was one who really had a love for other believers in Christ and ministered to Paul in his hour of great need. In chapter 2, Paul writes that Timothy should teach others what he had been taught in verses 1 and 2. He says, uh, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. So Timothy is to pass on what he has learned. He should share in suffering for Christ as a good soldier, not uh, getting tangled up in civilian affairs, but aiming to please the Lord who was his enlisting officer. He also uses the metaphors of athlete and farmer to show that Timothy should continue to work hard in his service to Christ and press on in verses 5 through 7. Timothy is told to remember that Jesus has risen from the dead and he is the offspring of David, the king, the Messiah of Israel which really is the meat, the heart of Paul's gospel, uh, for which he was now suffering and in chains. Paul says that he endures all things for the sake of the elect, the church, that they may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory, in verse 10. Timothy was to remind the Ephesian church of these words and to do his best to present himself to God as one approved, a worker who is unashamed but rightly divides the word of truth, verse 15, rightly handles the word, the scriptures. 
he should avoid irreverent babble uh, like Hymenaeus and Philetus, who he says had participated in this irreverent babble and so had swerved from the faith, saying the resurrection had already occurred. They uh, were doctrinally deviant. Paul desired that Timothy would be a useful vessel for Christ, uh, staying true to the faith that he had received, fleeing from youthful passions to pursue righteousness and righteous conduct uh, in verse 22. In chapter 3, Paul warned that there would be godlessness in the last days. Uh, in verses 1 through 9, he spoke about this godlessness. His assessment of these types of people was that they would not get very far and that their folly would be plain to all in verse 10. That should be of great comfort to us. Sometimes it seems like wicked people just continue to prevail, and we might wonder why God doesn't um, judge those individuals or prevent those individuals. But Paul says here, uh, after a while, their folly is going to be plain to all people. In contrast to these persons, Timothy was to follow Paul's pattern of life even in his suffering, from which the Lord had rescued him, in verse 11. He said that all who desired to follow Christ would be persecuted, verse 12. But faithful individuals should continue in what they learned and devoting themselves to the sacred writings of Scripture. Look at verses 16 and 17 at the end of, uh, toward the end of chapter 3. All scripture is breathed out by God, inspired by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible is the foundation and anchor of the Christian life. If we abandon a high view of the Bible, we forsake the God whose word it is. We should always remember that the Bible is God's inspired word. All scripture is breathed out by God. In his final words to Timothy in chapter 4, Paul charged him to preach the word in and out of season, verse 2. He knew that times would come when people would not want to hear sound teaching. But Timothy was to remain firm in the faith. Paul says of himself that he was being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of his departure had come. That was a, a nice way for him to say he knew his execution was near. He knew that he would soon be killed for his testimony to Christ, and yet he said that he had fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith, and that there was a crown of righteousness that would be awarded to him by the Lord on that day, as well as to all who had loved the Lord's appearing, in verse 8. Paul then gives some personal instructions to Timothy in verse 9 and following, asking him to come to him soon, because it seems Demas had deserted Paul, and Cretans and Titus had gone off to the work to which they were called, in verse 10. Luke alone remained with Paul. So Timothy was to get Mark, John Mark, 
and bring him along, as well as uh, Paul's cloak and the books and parchments that he had left at Troas. This is a wonderful little verse that shows us on the first missionary journey, Mark had uh, abandoned Paul and Barnabas for reasons unknown and went back to Antioch of Syria. At the beginning of their second journey, this led Paul to not want to bring Mark along. And there was such a sharp dispute that uh, Barnabas took Mark and the two of them went to Cyprus and Paul took Silas and they went back through Asia Minor. Well, now we see many years have passed and Paul speaks good things about Mark, uh, saying that he is useful to him, helpful to him. He speaks of Alexander the coppersmith and the harm that he did to Paul here, but his conviction that the Lord would repay this man according to his deeds. Perhaps Alexander the coppersmith had something to do with Paul's imprisonment for the second time at the city of Ephesus. Uh, Timothy was to beware of Alexander, and uh, Paul wanted to make sure that he was on guard against the schemes of this individual. He says that at his first defense, no one came to stand by him. We're not told if this first defense was made uh, in the city of Ephesus or if it was made when he arrived in Rome. But he says the Lord had stood by him and strengthened him to proclaim the gospel clearly and that all the Gentiles might hear it. He was confident that the Lord would rescue him from every evil deed and bring him safely into his heavenly kingdom. Verse 18. The final words were to greet Prisca and Aquila. This is Priscilla and Aquila, Onesiphorus, uh, who were in Ephesus. He says, Erastus was at Corinth and Trophimus was at Miletus. He had left him there sick, possibly as a result of him being in captivity and taken away to Rome. Timothy was to do his best to come to Paul in Rome before winter. And finally, he concludes by giving his greetings from several others at Rome and finished up by saying, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. And so the final letter of the Apostle Paul comes to its conclusion, and our series is wrapping up. We have one session left, and in our final session next time, we're just going to conclude by looking at some lasting lessons from the life of the Apostle Paul. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.